Greetings. It's episode 11 of the Dan York Report. It's Dan York. And did you realize that Amazon Kindles are getting phone numbers so that they can be able to connect back to the central servers? Uh, did you realize smart meters are doing that? Or And cars are getting phone numbers to be able to connect back for OnStar and other types of navigation systems. Now, you're never seeing those phone numbers, but they're being assigned to those embedded devices, those systems that are out there. And I admit I was not really aware of this, but at a recent conference, the SIP Network Operators Conference, or SIPNOC 2013, put on by the SIP Forum in Herndon, Virginia, the uh, Chief Technology Officer of the United States Federal Communications Commission, or FCC, uh, Henning Schulzerny, gave a presentation about transitioning the PSTN to IP. And it's part of a series of talks that Henning has been traveling around giving looking at this broader issue of how do we move from the traditional circuit-switched, public-switched telephone network, or PSTN, to a, a network entirely based on IP, on IP-based communications. How do we go and do that? I was struck in the conversation by the fact that one of the issues is the need for some kind of secure identifier. Now, when I look at these devices like a smart meter or something else like that, I sit there and I say, well, why does it need a phone number? You know, it can connect back over the internet. It can, you know, go that way and, and connect. Why does it need to have a, 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 a phone number assigned to it? Why does some device like that need that? And why does a car need a phone number? But of course, being who I am, I immediately say, well, why can't we just use an IPv6 address? Because that's what we can do. Boom, done. Well, the reality is we will need IPv6 addresses. All of those devices, as we start to get into larger and larger networks, will need to have IPv6 to support the scale as we connect more and more devices and connected homes and everything else. But above that, though, the vendors, the providers of those devices, want to have some higher level abstracted identifier because of the fact that if they just use an IPv6 address, it could be tied to the provider. So if you roll out smart meters in your city and you use one of the mobile providers to get the actual IP connectivity into those devices, you certainly can uh, can wind up sending a you know something across the IP network. But if you're using the IPv6 address, let's just say assigned to that device, and you're using that in your provisioning software, your billing software, your whole environment there, and then you wind up with um, a case where you want to switch providers, you want to use a different internet service provider, maybe they're better, cheaper, more reliable, whatever else. You know, Now, if you've used that IP address as your identifier in your systems, you've now got to change that out. And yes, you can get provider-independent address space, PI space, but then you have to have that routed across your internet service provider, just adds a bit of complexity to the layout, but you could do that. But what's interesting is that vendors and others are choosing to use the telephone number as a higher-level application layer identifier. Uh, largely because I mean it's you know understood people know what it's about it's ubiquitous you know you know they're everywhere and I'm talking here in North America in particular you know but we all understand what these are you know they're well defined there's a precise format they can provision them they've you know it's it's all understood it's there you know and and <clears throat> it's easy and in in some cases the utilities and the uh, telcos and the others you know need to use telephone numbers because. Quite honestly, their billing and provisioning systems were written decades ago. Um, they're, you know, they're not as up to date in some of these back end systems, and and they, you know, guide off of keys like telephone numbers. They're a, an easy identifier for some of this. So it's an interesting challenge to think about. You know, how could we move to something different?
the key is, I think we need to look at something. There are a number of reasons to change, and I'm out. I outline these in a post. I'll put a link in the in the notes to this episode up on my disruptive telephony blog. But there's a number of reasons to change. I mean, a top one is security. You know, right now the current environment, you know, for caller ID, you can't trust that. It's there's sites out there that that make it super easy to spoof, and just from a technical point of view, that the PSTN as we used to know it has now been merged with so many different IP-based connections that it's easy to get connectivity from other locations, places, and the the whole version of what used to be the PSTN has changed. You know, it's no longer a small little club of carriers. It's now, you know, people out on the edge and, and you might have resellers that go three levels deep until you get connectivity. And so caller ID, things like that can be changed in that environment and passed through as it is. You know, you've got things like, you know, over the top mobile apps, Skype, Viber, WhatsApp, so many of these different applications are being used. Even now Google Hangouts, all of these different pieces are moving from the desktop to mobile or from mobile to desktop, and they don't need to use a phone number. WebRTC, you know, kind of makes phone numbers irrelevant in so many ways because I can just call from a browser to a browser. I don't need to have any PSTN involvement whatsoever, and so there's no reason for a phone number, but I need an identifier in some way. You know, phone numbers are also not portable. If I move from Europe to the U.S., I probably want a new SIM, a new phone number, and going the other way, or even to within countries in Europe, I'm going to change some of that. How do I go and do it? We look at these embedded devices and how we how we need to have identifiers in there. It's an interesting challenge. You know, we think about just in general our own changes in behavior. We don't think about phone numbers as much anymore. We have address books. We have contact lists. We just click on somebody's name. We want to call Fred or Brian or Sue or whoever, and we want to just make that call. We don't care about how it's actually happening underneath. We don't need to know about the identifier. So it's an interesting uh, dilemma. What do we do? How do we make an identifier for real-time communications that is, you know, ubiquitous, understood, easy to use, plus secure and portable, you know, able to be used. And we have to be able to deploy it. You know, I mean, some of us use SIP addresses, but there aren't as many of us out there. More of us are using Skype IDs, a proprietary walled garden, or now we're using Apple FaceTime or Google Hangouts or WebRTC startup du jour, whatever it may be. We're using those proprietary walled gardens of identity. How do we get there? How do we make something bigger? I don't know. I think it's a question that we collectively need to think about and look at what do we do? How do we make something that can help us move beyond telephone numbers into something that's more a more secure identifier that we can use in some way, shape, or form? I don't know. Love to hear your comments either here on this or up on my disruptivetelephony.com post. And I uh, look forward to hearing your thoughts around how can we make this work? How can we move beyond telephone numbers? That's all for now. You can find more of these commentaries at soundcloud.com slash danyork or more of my writing and audio in general at danyork.me. Thanks for listening.